Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions this afternoon, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number, taking your calls, taking your questions, and growing together in the grace of God. What a privilege uh, to be with you this afternoon, and knowing that the Lord is with us, it's going to be talking to us, going to be in the midst of our questions and our answers. And there's two ways you can participate in the program live. You can text us directly, 720-336-0897. That's a dedicated texting line. And uh, we'll take calls. Uh, we'll take those texts and fill in. I see a few have already come in. Uh, I have some. And then you can get on the air with me and be on the air talking out loud, praying together, talking together. And that's a different phone number. It's dedicated 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. And someone once uh, asked recently, why don't we use an 800 number like other shows? And I'll tell you why. 800 numbers or whatever numbers are very expensive uh, and they charge by the minute. And so it's easier just to use an area code number uh, and that doesn't uh, have any extra charges except for what we pay for the bill. And you can use that number the same way a toll-free number is. And since all your minutes are free, um, it doesn't cost you anything. So that's why. In case anybody ever wondered, uh, for the people that asked, uh, that when we, we do have dedicated number uh, that's for one of the ministries here, but uh, it charges by the minute. Like So when you use a number like that, the person you're calling is the one that pays for it. I don't know if you ever knew that, but we found out that hard way years ago uh, when we signed up for a, for one of the numbers for the church. So 303-690-3000 works just like any other number, and there's no charge on either side. And by the way, yesterday uh, we had a call uh, from a sister in Pennsylvania, uh, Sherry, and the Lord was calling her back to church back to a place of fellowship and intimacy with God. And someone texted in that there is a Calvary Chapel in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, uh, which was near her. So Sherry, if you're listening today, uh, Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, there is a Calvary Chapel there. And uh, even Josh, who was in studio with me yesterday, uh, is familiar with them. And that would be a great place to check out uh, when you are... Um, not when you're ready. I mean, you're already ready. So go for it um, and let the Lord do a great work in your life. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. And we're looking at, let's see, we're going to go right to the phone lines. We're going to go to Tennessee, Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. Debbie, welcome to the program. Hello, pastors. Hello. 
thank you very much for your program. It's, it's wonderful. Well, thank you. <laughs> What's going okay. on? Okay. My question is, did God teach Adam everything? I mean, for instance, you know, who would have thought or who would have known if they had seen a chicken lay an egg, of all things, who would have known that you could eat that or that there were certain leaves or roots that you could boil and make a beverage out of it. Sure. Um, things like berries. Who told them that you watch the birds, and if the birds eat it, they're okay. If the birds don't eat it, they're not okay. Were they things that were just learned by trial and error, or did God Teach these things to Adam, and they were passed along. Yeah, that's a great question. It's a it's a, a really insightful question because um, of the way that the Bible opens up, and the Bible doesn't give us every single detail of that time. As a matter of fact, it jumps around over time very very rapidly uh, in Genesis, covering you know uh, hundreds of years. Uh, so I I think. I would say that there is a combination of what you are describing, that they were both born with intelligence um, and that they also learned things in relationship with God. Uh, for we know, uh, we know that they learned something. So, you know, we're kind of taken back because there's no real place in Genesis that has them sitting down in a classroom, right? Like, like so we can't say, well, yeah, there you are right there taking classes with God. Uh, but we do know they were in fellowship with God. They do know that they were given direction from God. We do know that they were given insight of what they could have and what they couldn't have. So there was a limitation. They were given that information. Uh, we also know that after they sinned, they, they obtained new information that they didn't have before because now they recognized their nakedness differently. Uh, they covered themselves. They ran away from God. So I think it's a combination. I think it's a combination of experience. Uh, I think it's a combination of what they were born with intrinsically, right? Because they were born um, many, the, it doesn't say uh, specifically, but the appearance, they were born with the appearance of age, uh, they were born with adult bodies, not baby bodies, not um, baby talk. They were able to communicate and name the animals and take care of the garden. So I think it's a combination. I think they were both taught by God intimately, and they learned uh, things through experience. Uh, and just like you and me, except in a real supernatural way, because they were the progenitors of the human race. Okay, well, I Oh, that had been a question. I just wanted to know, was it trial and error? Did somebody die because they ate the wrong thing or, you know? Well, not until after the fall. Thing, so. Right. So I think that that's a good question. So we have to we have to take Adam and Eve in particular, both before the fall and after the fall. So nobody died before the fall with from anything. Uh, there was no sin before the fall. Uh, and so everything that was available to them in the garden, with the exception of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, was good for them, healthy for them. Uh, you know, all the herbs and everything was great before the fall. So, so even as you're asking questions like that, you're like, well, nobody died before the fall. We know that. 
Well, thank you, guys, and God bless you very much. That's a great question. Thanks for calling today. Okay, bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000, wide open phone lines. I want to ask for prayer. A text comes in. I've been backsliding and have recognized it, and I've been lacking in faith and repenting and praying. And so, God, I just pray for this person that acknowledges their backsliding and recognizes it. And now I pray, God, they would come to a place of godly sorrow so that it would lead them to true bonafide repentance and that they would not just feel bad because of the sin but God they would feel bad enough to turn from this sin and come back and so I pray that into their lives right now in the name of Jesus amen 303-690-3000 is the number here's a text that came in that is challenging to answer. I'm not going to go in depth in it because I want you to call me. We, this is something to talk about. And the, the question is, is this, and I think it's a common question. Many people are asking it today. And by the way, we have open lines, so give me a call, 303-690-3000. What is the proper way to interact with the LGBTQ people in love? What is the proper way for the church to inter- to interact with the LGBT community in a proper way? And it's just too broad of a question by text. Like, we need to talk about this. What are you talking about? Because if we remove the label, just remove the category of sin and what somebody's into, well, we deal with people the same, all people the same way. We love them. We care for them. We point them to the Lord. If they're saved, we encourage them. If they're unsaved, then we evangelize them. Like, like, So I know that there's more to the question, but what is more? Like, What are you asking exactly? Um, because if we, if we consider this particular question and just take away the, the category, then you know, it's important for you to recognize, well, what, do we, what are we talking about? Because there's specific situations where um, that that would require um, you know different approaches for ministering to them. But it's a it's a great question, um, but need more information uh, because even though it came over through text, I I, I think we um, we just need to have a little bit more detail. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. But at least you know we saw it. And you wonder, why didn't I get an answer? Well, we need more info. Here's another one. Pray for Paul's health, substance abuse. Father, I pray for Paul, his health and substance abuse. I pray that in Jesus' name, you deliver him. In Amen. I also want to uh, ask you guys to pray for a friend of mine. Uh, he's a pastor in Georgia. Uh, his name is Victor. Uh, and he went in, I think it was last week or the week before, with an aneurysm and emergency surgery. And now he's back in surgery again. So he hasn't been out of the hospital yet. And Father, we pray for Victor and all that he's facing in his health right now. I pray that you, his body would be able to withstand all of the surgeries. Thank you for these doctors, God. They're finding things and being able to work on things. But God, I know his body can only take so much. So strengthen him, bring him out, bring him back so he might serve his church well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Georgia is next on line two. Thomas in Columbus, welcome to the program. 
Hey, Thomas, are you with us? All right. He asked the question, what does it mean uh, for the phrase without form and void? Um, it just means without having been formed yet. Like it's, that's more than like allowing the text to say what it says. Um, it's just describing the condition of the world before creation. And, um, that's how I would answer that. But thanks for calling 303-690-3000 back to Colorado. Now Colorado Springs, Jay, welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. Yeah, I've got a quick question. Without quoting from the Bible, how do we know that the Christian path is the correct path, or if the Muslim path is the correct path, or the Jewish path is the correct path, or the Hindu path, and so on? Without quoting from the Bible, how does one know which is the correct path to take? That's a great question. Let me. Can I ask you a question just to clarify? Absolutely. So kind of presupposing in your question is that we understand all these religions without understanding their book. So like when you say without quoting the Bible, how could we do that? How is that possible in your mind to make a statement affirming Christianity without quoting the Bible? How how do you expect no, me to do that? That's my whole question is because every religion is basically has a monopoly on the afterlife and they're all using their own text as basically as a reference. Right. And, that, and then that kind of sort of kind of pushes the other religions aside but if everyone is doing it how do we know who is right well i would just say using their text to say well the bible says this and the torah says this and everyone's kind of putting their argument so i just wonder is it more important that we just have blind faith in a religion or is it more Mm. important that we're just honest with god and honest with our relationship with god by just simply saying i don't know there are too many choices and i don't know well i i think it's a great question the reason i brought that out is it's it's really not it's not going to be helpful to our conversation if i don't at least use one quotation from the bible right because if i if i try to substantiate christianity to you or i try to substantiate the biblical beliefs that associate with Jesus Christ. I wouldn't even know about, I wouldn't know much about Jesus apart from the Bible. So I want to at least get permission from you to quote one part of the Bible, and then we could talk about it. But the Old Testament states X, Y, and Z. Well, just stick with me. You got to go with me. Otherwise we won't have a good conversation. So just stick with me and kind of respond to me. Uh, If you allow me to quote the Bible, I can give you an answer. I would prefer that you don't it, like, well, how I'm can not, I tell you what Jesus said then? How could I tell you what Jesus said? You cannot. I don't think that you can justify the Bible without quoting from the Bible. But how can I tell you any substantiate? Like you're, you have set the question up to not receive an answer. Oh no, my, my, no, no. I'm looking for an answer that does not require a Bible text. But I, how could I quote Jesus to you? Like I'm, I'm asking you this question. You got to answer it for me. How could I even substantiate what Jesus taught unless you let me say what he said? I, cause I, that, I guess what the point I'm trying to get is, like, are there universal truths that kind of go within all the religions, making them all sort of— I yeah, guess like the point I'm—I guess I'm just trying to substantiate t- the other religions and well, saying, like, you, you guys all are telling the truth. Well, here, here's, here's, the, 
here's the reality of let me let me give you your question in a different way. You ready? Tell me your name without telling me your name. I'm, it's it's I'm, not possible. Yeah, I, it's yeah. it's illogical. So it the uh, the question the question that you're asking. Let me let me just take a path, and then I'll give you an answer, and you can respond to it. So I am going to quote the Bible to you because I'll take one thing. Jesus himself claimed with his own words that he was the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. And that's an exclusive teaching of Jesus. He, he's exclusively saying that I, he alone is the way to eternal life. So everything hinges on whether you believe or I believe what Jesus said. Now, if, you, if we allow that argument to take place and we say, okay, I believe Jesus said that in history uh, and I don't agree with him. Okay, that's fair. Or I do agree with him. So if I agree with him, then I'm going to latch on to his words and I'm going to follow his teachings and he's going to help me in finding truth because he claims to be exclusively truth in human form. And... According to, and we could put a lot of things together if we continue down that pathway, but in substantiating the Bible, the Bible in and of itself, which, which by the way, the Torah would be a part of the Bible as we know it today, um, especially if you studied the Torah, it's going to point you to the Messiah, but that's a different discussion. There's four things about the biblical text that helps us understand its validity. You know, there, there's evidence like anything else in life. We follow the evidence. And we, take, we go where the evidence leads us. And whether that's manuscript evidence, whether that's archaeological evidence, which, by the way, they just opened up the Pool of Siloam, uh, where they're, they're excavating the Pool of Siloam in Israel. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be open by the time we go, but archaeology is, is amazing, whether it is predictive prophecy that the Bible has or the statistical probability of all those things coming together. But the, how do you measure other religions against each other? How do you re- measure other texts against each other? Evidence, the, the weight of evidence uh, and the non-contradictory truths that are, uh, that are contained in the Bible and on and on. That's a whole, you know, people have re- spent their whole life um, in the realm of evidence and the validity of the scriptures. But Jesus himself claimed an exclusionary commitment to him. And to me, all religions have to come to that place and answer the question. What are you going to do with what Jesus said? And that'll dictate the rest of your life. What are your thoughts on that? I, like I said, I, again, it all comes down to faith. And to me, uh, the God that I recognize um, honors uh, uh, honesty than, than faith. Because but here's the thing. To God you, is, who defines honesty? I don't know. Jesus never met him. I'm who never defines honesty? And Who defines so honesty? You never. Is like, how can I, how can I, kind of follow that path without? But again, the, the real well, here's, point. Here's, here's, here's I mean, the thing. Let's let's go yeah. step back for a second because I think you're making good points. So let's slow down a little bit and let's let's talk about it. So one of the one of the the difficulties you have is you never met Jesus. Okay, I'm, I I heard you correctly, right? Yeah, but let me oh, but, stop. 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 Just, just you got to work with me, or we can, it doesn't work for radio. So just work with me, okay? If you haven't met Jesus, and that's a challenge for you, have you met me? I've met human beings. Yeah, I've met. Other have people. you met me? 
I have met you. I've met your voice on the radio. So you haven't, haven't met asked. me, right? So you, you, you're hearing somebody talk. I could be anybody. I mean, I claim to be somebody. I tell you I'm somebody, but I, they're just claims because I haven't proved them to you. I know that you exist because I can find a picture of you and I hear your voice there. You, no you make like, concessions. I don't need to use faith for you. You, may, you do have to use faith for me. You absolutely do. How do you know I'm live right now and not a recording? Oh, I know you're not recording because you're answering my questions live. Like, I, I know that. How do you know that? How do you know I'm not I a computer and AI? Oh, because I, I know that I can I can go to your <laughs> office. Like I've seen pictures of you. Like I know who you are. Like you're a okay, real person. Thank, thanks for thanks for working with me because I, I would I would then suggest to you the reason why you believe you and I are having a conversation, even though you haven't met me, is evidence. You have just given me pieces of evidence that have convinced you. Because it's a voice. Right. It's another person. Jesus doesn't speak to me. No. So uh, in someone in antiquity, someone who has died in the past would require different evidence. So you would okay. have to change your categories of evidence. For example, do you believe Shakespeare existed? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And you have sure. categories of you have categories of evidence. And I do think that if you're going to continue down this path, you're going to have to approach it honestly. Since you say you believe in a God that values honesty, you're going to have to approach it honestly. Otherwise, this is going to be the continuation of of your life. You're going to just keep going in circles. And then when you're presented with information, you're going to quickly dismiss it because there is some barrier in your life that at this point right now, you're just, that's, that's as far as you want to go because I can show you enough evidence for you to make a decision, but ultimately you're right. You're right that whatever evidence you have, you're still going to make a, a, a step of faith both ways. If you choose to follow Jesus Christ and believe in him, that is a step of faith. If you choose to dismiss him and walk away, you are also acting in faith. You're trusting yourself. Uh, You're trusting something else. And so I think it's a great conversation, but I do think that we have to move on because for for a radio audience, it's not that good of a conversation uh, the way it was going. So I just appreciate you calling in. uh, And I know know it's it's good. I, I mean, I appreciate it, but it doesn't work well on radio, my buddy. God bless you. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to head over to Mississippi now. Olive Branch, Mississippi. Roy, welcome to the program. Well, thank you. You're welcome. You're on the air? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. What's Uh, up? My my question was um, that Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden. Yes. And... Uh, Satan came in uh, in the form of a serpent Yes, and tempted Eve. I was wondering, how did he get into the Garden of Eden, and why do you think God would allow that? Well, I mean, I think that the serpent is a creation of God, and however he first appeared, we know 
uh, that he was given after the curse, according to Genesis 3, that now he took the form of crawling on his belly, eating dust the rest of his life. Uh, But, you know, he's a created being, and without sin, there was no... Um, there was no issue with the way we see snakes today. What, what we see today is after the fall. So he's a created being, um, created by God himself. And, and Satan just took the form of a serpent. So, you know, we don't, we don't think of the serpent prior to the fall as slithering and limbless or any of that. that that's what we have now after the fall. And, you know, why would God allow this? I mean, this is, this is, the, this is the age-old question of, this is that we don't have the the answer of why in particular, except that we do have the answer of this is what happened, and we that's what we have recorded for us, uh, and this is the eternal plan and sovereign plan of God of how things played out. We get to see a little bit of an insight on it, but what was in the mind of God? I mean, I guess I I guess you could say you know subject uh, objectively that what was in the mind of God was the salvation of those that put their faith in Jesus Christ. But we get it, we get it lived out, you know, in the book of Genesis little by little. And I'm certain if, if the devil wanted to take the form of a cow, if the devil wanted to take the form of a bird, he could have chosen all sorts of things. But what we have um, recorded for us is he took the, the form of a serpent and the serpent had a different, um, different form prior to the fall. Okay. Well, that, I appreciate your time, and I want to thank you for what you do because uh, all the questions that I hear that you take, a lot of those are very thought-provoking. And I grew up in church, and a lot of things that I grew up learning uh, and thinking, I've learned a lot of things different by listening to your program, and I really appreciate uh, the thought that you put into what you do before you answer, and uh, especially the question before mine. It was... Uh, you know, for me, you know, I would suggest to the guy, until you know God and have a personal experience with God, you can't have a personal experience with Buddha. He's not real, but yeah. God is. Yes. Very good. And thank you so much, and God bless you all. God bless you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions off to South Carolina, Rico. Welcome to the program. Hey, thank you. Um, God bless you. Um, coming today, talking about. Um, I'm a Christian. I go to church on Sundays. My friend go to church on Saturday, which is the Sabbath. Yes. Uh, they're very animated about church on Saturday. Does not go to church on Sunday with me, but at the same time, you know, it feels that if it's not Saturday, it's no day at all. Um, so I'm just trying to get some understanding. That she's a Seventh Day Evangelist. I'm a Christian, but we both believe in God. Yeah. What was the transition difference? Because, like I say, I have been on the earth that long, but so I'm trying to figure out what's the the equal or what's the ground base of that situation. Because, yeah, uh, kind of bump heads on that. Okay, I'll tell you what. Um, this question is going to require a little bit more time than we have before the break. So I'm going to ask Kevin to put you back on hold. And then we'll take a, we're going to take a real quick break in like a minute and then I'll come back and I'll answer your question. Okay. Can you wait a <laughs> couple more minutes? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, okay. Yeah. Cause I want to spend a little bit of time with you and then give you also an opportunity to, to follow up. Um, and because it's a good question and it's pretty common. Um, and just before the break, I'd let you know, 
the early church worshipped on the first day of the week. And the first day of the week is Sunday. And the Bible says you can worship God on any day of the week, on every day of the week. And I'll just leave it at that before the break, okay? So hold on to that thought, and then I'll come back with some scriptures for you, okay? Okay, cool. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. We're coming up on our first break. Uh, there is a little bit of time in between uh, with the, um, just where the break hit. I didn't look at the clock before I took them on the air. So we will, <clears throat> we will um, come back after a quick break and we'll ask, answer this question about the Sabbath. You listen to Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to the second half of the program. You're listening to Calvary Live, wherever you might be listening, live on the Radio by Grace Network. I forgot to mention that the first half, so I want to welcome everyone listening on Radio by Grace Grateful to have you with us, Grace FM, up and down the front range here in Colorado, Wyoming, parts of Nebraska, uh, on the Hope FM radio network. You hear this one week delayed. Welcome in the Truth FM and Higher Rock Radio. You also hear this one week delayed. We're grateful that you are on with us, uh, growing in grace, learning about the things of the Lord together. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. You can also text me. 720-336-0897. And I think we may have lost Rico. I'm sorry, in South Carolina. It was an accident, technical stuff. Um, but we will go to Pete in Cantel, Pennsylvania. Pete, welcome to the program. Hey, God bless you, my brother. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm a blessed man. Good. Um, the question I had is uh, another fellow Christian man and I were talking, and he said to me, I don't believe in the Trinity. And I'm like, well, what part don't you believe in? You know, and he said, how can Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father be one? And I said, they're one as in a whole. You know what I mean? Of course. And I, and I kind of struggle with giving them, like, like good answers, I felt in my heart. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah, and I mean the Trinity I want to is say a... things because he's a young man. You know, what I mean he's he's maybe in his twenties, and I'm I'm in my late fifties. You know, okay. and I'm trying to explain to him about you know that that Jesus prayed to God the Father because he even sweat blood when he was, and he said, "Well, how can they say that he was God and he was praying to his Father?" You know, and try to explain to him all things were given to him from the Father. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and then he, then I said to him, "Well, the Holy Spirit didn't come about till Pentecost." I said, "Because Jesus was the Spirit, which is, is was let loose once he uh, ascended into heaven, is when he gave himself to all of us." That's where all the tongues of fire came upon people, because it was his spirit that was filling us. 
his Holy Spirit, you know what I mean? And and I'm trying to explain this to him, but it, it's just hard for him to grasp it. Of course it is. It's hard for everyone to grasp the Trinity. I mean, if we all fully understood God and we had the knowledge of God uh, in perfect understanding, then we would be God. So there's a there's still a mystery about the Godhead, and there's a mystery about the tri about how God reveals Himself. Uh, in the Trinity as a triune God. And so here's what I suggest. Um, I suggest if he, if instead of responding directly to this guy's objection, because that, that kind of, that, that kind of puts the discussion in the middle. I would rather start with him at the beginning. And this is what I would suggest. You can email me and I'll give you all kinds of information that will help you do this. Okay. So I, I've got, this is such a common question. I have information on the Trinity. All you need to do is email me, ed at edtaylor.org, ed at edtaylor.org, and I'll send you all this information. But this is how I like to help people understand the Trinity. I take them through the Bible, and I show them how God reveals himself as Father. Then I take them, uh, secondly, and how God reveals himself as the Son, the second person. And then thirdly, okay. I take them through the Bible and I show them the attributes of the Holy Spirit, how God reveals himself in the third person, the Holy Spirit. And then the fourth thing I do after that, because they all make the same claims. They all have personality. They all claim to be deity. Yeah. Uh, and then the fourth thing that I do is I tie that all together and I say, this is what the Bible says. What do you think? And then a young man would say, well, you know, I just still don't understand why Jesus would, would pray to the Father. Uh, and then you're like, well... He prayed to the Father because he was human and on the earth. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's it. That's I the simple answer. To him. I, yeah, see, and that's exactly what I said to him, you know, and because, you know, when I'm sitting there thinking, I could put, picture, you know, my Savior praying to, to the Father and, you know, his spirit being so, like, like on fire, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's like, I'm trying to explain this to him, but it's like he can't get it. You know, and I'm like, I don't want to push him away or anything negative to him. You know what I mean? Well, so, it just it just really depends on whether he wants to understand, because there's a lot of things in life he doesn't understand, doesn't make a big deal about it. Um, like like for example, electricity. Some people are really good understanding electricity, but I I, I don't. I'm I'm not sure if your friend does. But I bet you he can push the button and flip the switch, and he doesn't care about electricity as long as the light comes on. And so there's a lot in life that we don't fully understand, but we grasp. We we get a piece of it, and I think that that's the level. We had an earlier caller in a similar way where we follow the evidence, and and I think the best thing to do is to give him this little pathway. of. You can even hand him, you can print this out and give it to him. He could read it for himself. And... And then, and then just move on because it won't. It, just like you said, you don't want to push them away. So you're like, "Hey, I gave you the information that you need, um, and let's go talk about something else." Ed Taylor at, and then I was stuck. Okay, no, it's Ed. So just my first name, Ed at edtaylor.org. dot Okay, it's Ed at Ed Taylor. Oh, again, I'm sorry. Ed Taylor, E D T A Y L O R dot O R G. At O R G. Dot O R G, yep. 
You know how you know it says dot org. Dot org. Okay. Yep. Hey, I appreciate your help and the influence that God's put upon you to, you know, share your wisdom and knowledge with all the people who listen to you. And I say, you know, I'll give you is Proverbs sixteen nine. You know, we may think that we're the ones guiding our steps, but the failure to see it's not us, it's God. Yeah, let's read that for everybody. You know, it says a man's plans is yeah. a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. That's right. And I, I made a saying off with one love in Christ with Jesus yeah. guiding our steps. Mm. You know, well, thanks that's for sharing that. In my heart. Great. You know, I, I appreciate you very much. Thanks, Pat, Pete. Uh, there's only two words I can give you. Bless you, brother. 303-690-3000 is the number... Let's come back to Colorado. Denver, Maya is on the line. Maya, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. Um, so I just had a question regarding clothing. Great. Just in terms of, like, modesty. Um, I just want to know your opinions on it with your relationship with God. Like, does it affect your relationship a lot? Like, what, just what are your opinions on modesty in, in general? Well, modesty flows from from integrity and character, right? The way that yeah. you choose to express yourself, you or me, I mean, not you in particular, but yeah. the way a person chooses to express themselves reflects the inside of them. Uh, so for example, let's just use a broad, for a female, uh, let's use a broad example of a female that dresses in such a way that accentuates some of the parts of her body that would draw attention from men. Um, the, the reality of that choice would have to really reflect on how close she is to the Lord like that because there is direction in the Bible. Like we all might disagree on the levels of modesty, right? Some people might say modesty is this and they're like thinking cover everything up but your eyes uh, or modesty is whatever you want it to be, you know, from a scale one to ten. But the reality of modesty, whether it's you dressing or me dressing, is I need to learn to think of others more highly than myself. And so modesty has a lot to do with uh, sexuality. Modesty has a lot to do with um, money. You know, the idea of uh, rich, um, you, you know, showing off um, rich clothes and poor, you know, like like the, your status in society. Like if you have a lot of money, you can buy group expensive clothes and if you don't have a lot of money you can't buy expensive clothes and the bible actually ties modesty into uh, in first timothy chapter two mo modesty is tied directly with self-control and and so modesty even though we may you know as the body of christ we might disagree on what that what level it is uh it does reflect a person's maturity in their relationship with the lord for sure So what are you thinking? Like what what what's prompted the question? Um, it's just, you know, being a teenager, I like to wear I mean, I don't like to wear revealing clothes, but obviously, especially with my school's dress code, yes. um, I like to wear say leggings and a hoodie, but leggings aren't allowed at school. So it's just yeah. kind of like, oh, is it wrong to wear leggings or is it something that since I do go to a Christian school, it's just yeah. kind of everything ties into Christ. Yes. So when I think about it, I think that if I wear something that is not 
that is against my dress code, could it be something that yeah. would affect my relationship with God? Or so that's a really good question. Now, now you, when you lay, when you, when you get details like that and you ask the question, is wearing leggings wrong? Let's just say that. Let's just answer that question. The answer for you today is yes and no. Okay. So, and I think you already know this. If you choose to wear leggings at school, it's wrong. And we know it's wrong because in the agreement that you made with your Christian school, you said you would follow their rules, whether you agree with them or not, right? Mm-hmm. And so they put the rule out there and they can they can make whatever rule they want because you can go to whatever school you want, right? Yeah. So you you will have to learn to submit to that particular rule. And if you choose to go, well, you know, I don't like the rule and I'm going to wear leggings and try to get away with it. Well, then that would be wrong. Yeah. Now, on a personal level, that's a the, the idea of leggings and how, you know, that seems to be a popular thing uh, ladies and women are wearing today. That's going to be a choice of whether you can do it before, between you and the Lord um, yeah. and whether you have. So it doesn't necessarily have to be wrong. Yeah. Um, you could wear leggings in such a way with that it doesn't draw any attention to you. Um, yeah. You could wear leggings in a way it could draw a lot of attention to you. And that's the choice you're going to have to make between you and the Lord. So at school, for sure. But personally, it sounds like, okay, um, because on the other hand, someone could say as a teenager, well, you know, your leggings, they stumble me. And Mm -hmm. that's not always your fault. Yeah. That's not going to always be your fault. And so I do think modesty and propriety, uh, which is the word propriety means appropriate, you know, Mm -hmm. what's appropriate. Like, for example, I think, and this is Ed's personal opinion. So like if you were my daughter, I would say, you know what? Wearing leggings to a funeral, that's not appropriate. Oh, no. <laughs> but see how you have levels too. You have, yeah. you, and that's what I would say modesty is like. And I think some things are pretty obviously immodest. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we could put some things in categories, but this particular one, it's going to have to be something even where you agree with your parents if they have an opinion on it. Yeah. And you go, okay, right now I'm under the authority of my parents. And so even if I don't agree with them, while I'm under the authority of my parents, I'm going to submit to them. Yeah. And it's really just at, school especially um everything and all of my friends agree too it's just kind of there's more for girls instead of boys right yes um it's like oh don't wear spaghetti straps because it distracts boys and then the boys dress code is don't wear short shorts so it's just kind of that sparks an interest to break rules because we are like oh we don't care what the boys are thinking we want to wear what we want to wear but that does make sense that it's the school's rules. So, well, and and on top of that too, because uh, I've had boy, I've 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 raised my sons and daughter into adulthood. So, Marie, my wife and I, we've raised our kids; they're adults now. And what we wanted to teach them was the idea of the the value of their body, and how their body is attractive, male body attracted to their the, the boys and my daughter. They are very attractive. God made the body attractive. However, and this is this is an important thing that we wanted to convey to them, that the the true value and worth of of you, you know, my daughter, my son, is not in the attractiveness; it's on the inside. So, if you cultivate the inside, then there won't be a necessity of drawing attention to yourself with your body. You won't even feel the need to do that. Um, and and I think we did pretty well. I mean, they. They, um, I don't think we had too many arguments about what to wear or what to, to dress. However, you know, I think 
you you as as a young lady really have to dig deep into the Lord and go, okay, not just the rule part with school, but like, how do I want to present myself in this world that will uh, identify that I'm comfortable in comfortable clothes, whatever's comfortable with me, but also not lose my identity as a young woman of God. Because even in the New Testament, remember, there were ways of dressing that would associate women with the prostitutes of the day. Yeah. And so the Bible said, don't do that. And so there's ways of dressing today that would reflect, oh, I don't know. Uh, that would be, you know, it would be hard to say in some ways of the dressing, like, I I don't know. That. I don't know that a woman of God would be wanting to draw attention or a man of God be wanting yeah. to draw attention like that. But you you are growing up in a, a very challenging culture. And I think you yeah. asking and the question is a good thing and the Holy Spirit will help you. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Man, I, w- I would. I'm so encouraged by a teenager asking that question, uh, and then being able to talk about it. And I know even in this particular question, you guys listening in from around the country would have different opinions, and I would expect that to some degree because the Bible doesn't define um, modesty like with every single, um, you know, with every single. You can wear this, you can't wear that. However, um, there is. There is the significance of remembering, uh, like in First Timothy, just talking about women adorning themselves in respectable apparel, modesty and self-control, and then he, he says, not with braided hair, gold or pearls or costly attire. And the idea behind that, of course, is you can, it's not that you can never wear pearls because it was a cultural statement, but it is in that sense of, man, being super careful how we present ourselves so that we can retain a witness with the Lord, um, excuse me, in the Lord with the world. So if you're looking for, you know, the one passage that really hits on this is First Timothy chapter 2. Uh, you're looking at verses 8 through 14 through 15, um, modest. Let me just look at the Greek word real quick here and see if I can get... The Greek word for modesty here is, uh, it means anything plated, woven. Um, It's not the English definition. Let's see what else is here. So yeah, good question. And and it's good conversation so that we we might be able to come to a conclusion where we think of others more highly than ourselves. And I think biblically, we also where we might disagree on what modesty is, we, we, won't, we, we don't disagree with the reality is, is there is a line, and on one side of the line is modesty, and on the other side is immodest. And there is another side. There is immodesty. And we need to admit that, so the Holy Spirit. But then here's the essence. What is proper, this is verse 10, 1 Timothy 2, what is proper for women professing godliness with good works. And I think one of the things that we could say is the, you know, on a, let's say a controversial thing, can, can the person wearing that really say, yes, the Lord led me to wear this, gave me permission to wear this. Um, and that would be something that we could discuss as well. Great question, man. I'm so proud of your parents and you just wrestling with this topic. It's a good thing. 303-690-3. Thousand is the number. Where are we? We are back to Amarillo, Texas. Stephen, welcome to the program. 
Hello, Ed. Can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Yes, sir. Hey, brother. So, you know, one of the things that that's always challenging to me is Christ told us that that we would be known by our love for one another. And and even even in the Garden of Gethsemane, in one of his last prayers, he prayed that we would be one. So, so brother, do you have any ideas, especially in the church in America, how can we come together as the body of Christ and work as a team in love and harmony? Yeah, I, I think it's a great request. You know, that my, my first thought is when I hear the word love, I want to come back to how the Bible describes love, uh, at least the, the description that's given to us in Corinthians. Uh, I mean, it, we could we could expand it through a lot of different ways, but you know, Paul would say, inspired by the Holy Spirit, that love suffers long and is kind. So there's going to be a lot more patience among us, a lot more kindness. Uh, love does not envy. Uh, love does not parade itself, which would be a great answer for a little bit of our modesty discussion. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, not selfish, not does not provoke, or is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. And those are the attributes I'm looking for in my own life, the attributes I want to be reminded of, of not walking in, not living in, not responding in my selfishness or my flesh, but asking the Holy Spirit to help me to live in love um, is important. And I want to live in this with these definitions because it's a good beginning. You know, I think last night I was thinking as well, Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friend. And so I think that we see more of these things among us. Uh, Again, our love for one another, like you said in the church, we get to practice on one another. We get to practice forgiveness. We get to practice help. And we get to practice on one another and really handle things in a way that would help us to grow in unity. And when I think of churches coming together, you know, I'm reminded of how hard it is. Um, because when, again, the churches together uh, it already, um, already exist, you know, the Bible says that unity already exists. Um, Paul would again write to the church in Ephesian, in Ephesus, and he would say, I therefore, the, this is Ephesians 4, the prisoner of the Lord, beg you to have a walk worthy of the calling by which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love. And then he says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And that word love is agape, so what we just described in Corinthians. And then the the word endeavoring has the idea of fighting hard um, to keep the unity. It's already there. It, it means to give your best effort, to be eager. And and I think that that's, that's one of the things. One And so one attribute of that is that we that one of the things we could do right away when it comes to other churches is stop being so critical. And, you know, one of the things we're adopting and one of the things that that we agree to when we here at our church is, Hey, we're not going to speak negative about other churches. Um, we're, we're, we realize we're not the best church. We're not the only church and God's doing things in other churches. So we are not going to be, we're not, we're not going to say things that, are going to put another church in town down or talk down about them. 
That's not to say we won't point out false doctrine. Of course we will. Or we won't, if there's a church teaching false doctrine, we would, of course we would say that. But you know, when they do something different than us or God's blessing them more than us or whatever, like, I think that it's important that they know that we got their back and that we're supporting them. Even if we disagree on minor things, let's not emphasize the disagreement. Let's emphasize what we agree on and just let the Lord sort it out. Um, but I think your question, you know, has a tall, it's a tall order, um, but the Bible speaks to it. And I think it starts one, one by one and it starts with you and me uh, being open to the Holy Spirit leading us. But I, I think Ephesians 4 is a great model to keep in mind as we live out the love of Christ in us. Well, thank you, Ed. And and on that note, I just wanted to tell you, I'm so thankful for you guys. And uh, if you want to wrap us up with a prayer, I, I just ask that we step into the church that God would have us to be. Yes. And let me just say one thing too, as well, before I pray, I will. But recently, uh, the Holy Spirit and people really brought conviction to my heart on this topic. Uh, it was a small part, but but nonetheless, it was a huge part. And that was, I made some statements in a way about churches not opening on Christmas Day. I spoke down on churches. And I didn't mention them specifically, but it stumbled people. And I was rebuked uh, gently about it and really had to repent because... Here I am talking to you right now. You know, this is a couple weeks ago, but here I am talking to you right now, live, wanting to live out this unity of the Spirit and, and re- recognizing other churches may be led differently or whatever, but I was taking such a strong stand, speaking like I'm the authority when I, I'm just responsible for my church and I'm going to lead the people and I want to lead in love. And I don't want to be, you know, as you look back to that, when you when you look back to that list in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I mean, Geez, it it doesn't it doesn't have some bombastic guy that that's making all these strong statements of opinion. It's just a man or a woman that's humble and recognizes their differences. and And I'm just hey, look, I'm not going to be rude about it. I'm I'm not gonna uh, I, I'm not gonna think evil. I'm just gonna hey, let that let the Lord do what He wants in His church, and I want to stay close to Him. And I think that's the key. Like you and me, the answer to your question, it starts with you and me. Just that's all we have control over anyway. So, I Father, I pray. For, Thank you, brother. I pray for my brother Stephen. I pray for myself, Lord. I pray for the body of Christ. I hear his heart. Um, that the world will know, and and I think we sometimes, God, we we see all the brokenness and all the difficulty in the church, and we forget that the world does see a lot of love in the church. So much so that they call it hate. Just like, um, just like. Um, you prophesy, God, that in the last days people will call evil good and good evil. And, and there is so much good flowing from your church today uh, that the world does see it. They don't necessarily embrace it or care about it, but they definitely see our devotion to you, Jesus. And so let it increase. Let you, God, increase that we might decrease and that we would walk in your agape love toward each other. So thank you for my brother in Texas, Lord, that bless him as he endeavors to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, my brother. God bless you. Here we are at the end of the program. Uh, thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. I'm grateful to be a very small part of your uh, the, the huge work that God's doing 
in your life. Let's go real quick to Denver. Uh, let's play for Carlos. Sounds like something uh, got the big open door before you, Carlos. Real quick, we got 60 seconds, so give me it in 10 seconds. Yeah, um, I quit my job not too long ago. Actually, today was my last day because okay. I feel like I am to be into ministry, and okay. it worked out to where my church is looking for a youth pastor. So oh. I put in my application, and you know, I just hope that if this is where I'm called, that I can I can walk I can walk it and meet the standard. All right, Father, I pray for my brother Carlos with this big step of faith. I pray, God, that you would open doors that no man can close and that you would close doors that no man can open. And, Lord, encourage him as he continues this walk of faith and has a heart. Thank you, God. No matter what happens with this application, thank you for his heart to serve kids. May you enlarge his heart and give him incredible open doors to serve kids in these days. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Email me, man. I can send you some stuff that can encourage you and strengthen you too, okay? Yeah, for sure. All right. Bless you, man. All right. We're coming up on the end of the show. Thanks. See you this weekend at Calvary. We're in a series on the new year. I'm talking uh, this year just about who we are as a church, what God's been doing. So excited. I was finishing up today. and So be encouraged. Be blessed. Be filled with the love of God today. And uh, go to our website, calvaryco.church, for all the information related to us. Get our app, calvaryco.church. God bless you guys. Good night. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.